and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with graphic visions mm. of other pop culture. <laughs> I'm Vicky. I'm Doug. And I'm Katie. And today we are book clubbing. Uh, we read Brown Girl in the Ring by Nalo Hopkinson. Uh, this book first came out in 1998 and was the debut novel of Nalo Hopkinson, who, this was wild, was named a Damon Knight Memorial Grandmaster by the Science Fiction Writers of America uh, in 2021. So she's got this like super prestigious title that is oh. very long and very mm. cool. She's a Grandmaster. Like, just happened. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, which is like a sort of a lifetime achievement award in science fiction writing, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, and congratulations, because she's definitely listening <laughs> yeah, to this. Yes, totally. absolutely. <laughs> uh, but before I get carried away or we get carried away uh, anymore, let's uh, first do our normal check in and talk about what everyone's been playing, watching and thinking about. So, Doug, oh, hi. I have a guess. I have a guess as to what you've been playing, <laughs> but tell us anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I... I the the thing i have been primarily playing i think is something all of us could probably answer yeah. um mm-hmm. and that's pokemon legends arceus so i I, <laughs> I can mention another game that i have have cut that with a little bit if we wanted to talk more about arceus or i can just go right into arceus that was going to be the thing i talk about so if you want to share something else sure. first i uh i've been playing a game a very like nice little simple like kind of brain refresh uh game called tiny lands which uh yeah which is like (laughs) (laughs) which is uh it's basically a spot the difference game but it's in 3d so you can rotate zoom in zoom out stuff like that um and it's done in sort of like a a cool polygonal like style so Hmm. it's stylized but it's like each one is like this cute little environment uh with a different like theme or something like you know there's one where it's like a guy on a boat with like a whale jumping over him and Mm. another's like a camping scene so a lot of them have to do with like some sort of outdoor setting at least so far from what i've played Mm -hmm. um and it's literally just spot five differences but it's because it's in 3d and and you can turn the whole model around um sometimes i get a little little stuck and it's fun (laughs) <laughs> and it's real low maintenance and it's a nice way to like take a break from things that's cool yeah. is it a mobile game that sounds cool did you say um i bet you it is a mobile game but i'm playing it on switch oh, i cool. wouldn't be surprised well i'm not sure it might be hard on mobile because some of the things that you find are like real small oh. so mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe i guess it could be on mobile because you have the ability to zoom in and out but it's not like mm. It's, it, there is a limit to like how close you can zoom. You okay. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure, but I could see it being on mobile too. Hmm. How's the soundtrack? Ooh. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, yay. It's really That's relaxing. And you can choose to turn like, so there's there's a, a nice relaxing soundtrack. It's very clearly meant to be a game that's like casual relaxing, which is exactly what I was looking for. And I, I mm-hmm. had it on my Switch already. It was it was one of the games that's in my like deep library of Switch games I never played. Um, <laughs> and so it has a nice soundtrack. It also has um, like ambient noise and nature sounds. Oh. Um, and you can turn either of them off or both of them off hmm. um so you have a little bit of control over like what the what the soundscape is cool. which is That's very cool. nice yeah. yeah 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 so i like it i would recommend it it's a nice if, if you're into that sort of thing right like just very nice casual uh type of brain break type of game mm-hmm. i would definitely recommend tiny lands Aww. yeah nice what about you, Katie? I know you mentioned Legends Arceus. Are we getting into it? <laughs> well, I want to check in with Vicky because I have yeah. nothing else. Okay. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have something else, and then I will also contribute to that conversation. Cool. Um, <laughs> so we picked up Aragorn's Quest over the weekend from uh, one of our favorite retro stores. Is that a PS2 game? It's PS3. It might have okay. also been on PS2, but okay, it was on... For sure, it's on PS3. I actually played it on the Wii uh, oh. way back, and I never played like any games all the way through on Wii, but I, I played it on Wii. Um, it also is on Nintendo DS, and I 
think it's also had an Xbox huh. 360 release. Oh my uh, gosh. So it's everywhere. Shoot. It's one of those. It's one of those. <laughs> but it is fun and you can play two player. So you actually play as um, Samwise Gamgee's children. <gasps> yeah. Oh. And oh. No, I was so excited but, that like Sam was a protagonist. <laughs> well, so he's in it and he narrates the story and it actually is Sean Astin. So <gasps> yeah. Okay, I'm back on board. Yeah, and it's like new <laughs> new Sean Astin. It's not just like clips from the movie. So it's it's fun and cute and it really just retells Aragorn's perspective of Lord of the Rings, but you know, I like anything Lord of the Rings. So it's it's fun mm-hmm. to play this one and play it again. And I, I remember bits of it, but not really much of it. And it's fun to play two-player versus just by myself. And, you know, Wii is great, but this is kind of like a, a – you have to, like, swing the sword and do stuff. And I feel like it's more functional with a controller, um, although you can play with move. You're not trying to waggle your sword? No, no sword waggling for me. I actually get to, as a uh, second player, I am always Gandalf. So I have the magic Ooh. and I have my staff. So it's pretty sweet. Okay. So time out. You said that you play as Samwise Gamgee's kids. Well, okay. So yes, the, the way it flips, sorry, I didn't explain that well. It flips back and forth. So Sam. Katie, didn't you know Frodo and Samwise got married and adopted a whole slew of children? Well, no, no, no. Well, I was going to say, did Samwise marry Aragon? No, no, no. <laughs> that's even, even better, uh, Samwise's children, he has a son named Frodo, who is the main character in Stop this game. It. Yes, it. Yep. Um, and then also, I don't remember if, if I know Frodo it's is canon. Um, Eleanor is canon. But then there's Merry and Pippin, and I don't recall if that's real. But those are his children's name in the game. But he, So he's telling the story. The kids are playing as Aragorn and Gandalf, but then it goes into actual like flashback and you are... Are they actu- playing a video game? As- no, no, no. I'm he, so confused. He's just like telling them the story and they're like kid oh, playing. Oh, and they're like playing yeah. like actually like imagining. Yeah. Okay. Kids kids play imagination. I know. Games. It's so hard to think about that as an adult. I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> But no, yeah, so you, you're the kids, but then also when it goes into, like, story mode and flashback, you're actually playing as Aragorn and Gandalf. Uh, as, that's and wild. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's cute. And, like, they did a pretty good job, like, bringing in some really, like, quirky characters that are in the books that aren't in the movies or don't get a lot of screen time. So I like that, too, as just a Lord of the Rings fan. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Any other games before we talk? Nope, we could just go Arceus, for it. Arceus, Arceus. no i think we can get into it yeah yeah my first question for y'all is how many hours deep are you if you know i think i'm 12 ish hours in 12 13 okay i'm somewhere between 55 and 60 (laughs) that's amazing nice doug (laughs) i'm at around like 16 hours nice and so for folks who haven't played this it's not like a uh traditional pokemon games so like you can't ask how many badges do you have and know where someone's at but i am interested if y'all know like how many areas you have unlocked yeah i only have two okay same here i assume i have all the areas unlocked but i haven't finished the (laughs) primary story so it's always possible there's a little bit more or something but i don't it doesn't seem like there is more of the map but who knows? Maybe you'll yeah. go to the land above the rift. Oh, that would be my gosh. My, I, Can we just so, for like a moment acknowledge the fact that this game starts off? Well, hold up. Spoiler yeah. alert for Pokemon. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> if you know nothing and want to know nothing, yeah. we're going to spoil some well, stuff in the next couple minutes. Well, this, here's the thing. This is the literal very first thing that happens. So if you haven't <laughs> turned the game on yet, this is a spoiler for you and you only. But the game starts with you falling out of space and time into the past, mm-hmm. which no one knew was going to happen. No, no one knew oh, that was the premise so of the game. Fun. Wild. Wild. Yes. And... You get a cell phone. And you do get a cell phone. (laughs) A town and a place where that technology definitely does not exist. You have a phone from God. Yeah. Yeah, I think the most advanced thing they have is like cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And not like uh, cameras on phones. Old school cameras with film, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. So... 
full disclosure, we've talked a little bit about this and have played this together. So like, as far as I know, we all still love it. Yeah. Has that changed for anybody? What if I was like, I actually think it's an abomination now. No, oh, I no. no, I I still love it. I mean, I I am somewhere around the 60 hour mark and I will put at least that much more time into it. I'm pretty sure. Nice. I am yeah. more into, I think, the side quest stuff and wanting to ah, complete. Not surprising. I know my Pokedex stuff instead of like actually advancing the story. So I I really want to check things off the list and it bugs me that I have so many unfinished requests <laughs> it's killing me have you found a buizel no a big buizel <laughs> i did it and i i had shared um I, that i had one that i thought was eligible and that was like my first buizel and i ended up evolving that buizel so really there's no hope for me i can't even decide to give it up <laughs> but, but yeah, either of you is it done no i have finished it okay it was the congratulations thank you thank you i know i'm i'm part of a a very small sliver of players yeah yeah um no it's like the exact height it's it's almost annoying that it's the exact height uh and not any bigger i really was trying to find an alpha version of weasel because i was like if i know it's an alpha version then i know it's big enough right yeah but since i never found one i was just like i guess i'll catch 5700 weasel today (laughs) here's the thing though like so i've only caught like two or three alpha pokemon Mm -hmm. but i love keeping them so i don't i don't know if I could let go of an mm-hmm. alpha to like some rando guard, you know, yeah, just because. especially if it's one that you don't see all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not like some of the alphas kind of have like a spot that yeah. they sort of like you can mm-hmm. you're like oh, I saw you here before and you're here again, so I'll probably see you again. Right. Not Weasel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you all kind of on that note release your Pokemon? Have you done that yet? Has anybody had to do that? I release Pokemon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do too. Vicky, you asked me when yeah. we were early on in the game, if you're fine with me answering yes, this question, please. you asked me early on if you're limited to eight boxes mm-hmm. um, and you are not. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so I don't have to necessarily. You don't have to release Pokemon, but you are rewarded for it. Oh, like there are, yes. there, like you, there is an advantage to doing it that is sort of like Let's Go, but not exactly the same. Okay. No one has prompted yeah. me to do so yet, so maybe I'll wait until they do and then consider it. I don't think you ever get prompted Ugh. to release. I think it's a voluntary it. thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vicky's about to be like, well, research says I have to catch 25 of everything, so I guess I'll have 25 of everything. <laughs> I know! <laughs> Here's my thousands of Pokemon. Oh my god. Is this enough? Uh. <laughs> it's funny that I feel so comfortable like releasing Pokemon, which I, I, I used to never do, but I guess it's sort of, you know, the game now prompts you to catch so many. But it's funny that mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable releasing Pokemon uh, that are like living, breathing things. Yet on Animal Crossing today, I was like, I should get rid of these flowers. But like, what if I want them <laughs> later? Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. I mean, it does feel different. In previous Pokemon games, I would be very selective about the Pokemon I caught. And for that reason, I didn't really release Pokemon because I didn't catch extra Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I always kept yeah. it pretty small. Yeah. Um, so, but this game, I'm like throwing Pokeballs left and right, letting Pokemon go uh, left and right. Which I feel like in this game, I want to let them all go because they're free <laughs> yeah, until we get there. That's true. We kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. And catching them is a lot more fun in this game than it's ever mm-hmm. been in any so game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this game, catching Pokemon is so much more fun. And so there are times where I don't even need to catch things. And I just do because I'm like, uh-huh. I'm going to sneak up on you. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> That's where I get sidetracked because it's like, oh, here's one. I know I need more. And then I like creep around. And it's like, oh, there's another one. Oh, OK. OK. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep going. So I, I get that. Yeah. So one of my challenges with traditional uh, Pokemon games is the grinding mm-hmm. that's required. I really struggle to complete a lot of Pokemon games because of how much you have to grind in order to progress. And it for me, it's not um, something that's like super fun. 
But grinding in this game is really fun because you grind by battling or by catching or by knocking shit out of trees. Uh, <laughs> and I just like all the different ways. And like catching Pokemon is so much quicker. Yes. Um, because you don't go have to go into battle, which makes a big difference in, you know, gaining the experience and being willing to catch like, you know, 25 Pokemon. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's grinding. It almost doesn't it almost feels wrong to call it grinding because you're doing it yeah. anyway, you know, it's like exploring. Yeah, grinding yeah. feels like something that you sort of set aside time to do, like you have to stop the progress of your game to do. Um, yeah. And in this case, they've built it in so seamlessly that like, you could overpower your Pokemon on accident, you know? Yeah, no, I, I've liked that. Because that's happened a yeah. little bit. And I've not even had to pay attention to where my Pokemon are at because we just got there you know big shift yeah. from let's go i oh, imagine my god i'd never want to go back and finish that game <laughs> which is not true i beat all the bosses so we need to or you're all, so close all, all the gyms not the bosses um so we will finish that game i have to endure it but yes big big difference for sure <laughs> The one thing, so with getting overpowered, the one thing that has tricked me a little bit, but it hasn't become an actual problem, is because I was battling Pokemon more, and so I, I was overpowered, but I wasn't catching them as much, so my research stars weren't oh. going up. Mm -hmm. um, so then I was like, shit, I actually need to be catching more than battling, because my brain is trained from previous ones mm -hmm. where I was very selective. Mm -hmm. So uh, whenever I'm in a battle, I'm like, well, I'm just going to fuck this Pokemon up. <laughs> uh, but I should actually catch them, because then my research level will go up yeah. instead of, you know, me yeah. overpowering my Pokemon and not being able to, to work with them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting thing that they did, right? Normally it's like badges um, are the thing that makes sure, like the more badges you have, the more your Pokemon will, I hate that they use this language, but like obey you. Mm, um, yeah, and, that's why uh, I said work with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but they, they, they tied that into your research in this game instead of the thing that is probably a little bit more like badges and gyms, um, which is some of the story progression stuff, right? There's almost like bosses in this game mm. um, that are more akin to gym leaders, but your your Pokemon relationships aren't actually tied to that at all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm excited to keep playing. Uh, this has been, I haven't really been playing a whole lot of other stuff. I've like checked in on Animal Crossing once or twice, but it's pretty much been pokemon for me i i feel confident i'm gonna beat this one uh in like a reasonable amount of time nice. rather than the like years it takes me to beat yeah other pokemon <laughs> games same i i had said that i was gonna start this and then go back and finish like let's go so then we could play sword and shield i just wanted to get like a feel for it but i do think i will probably beat this one <laughs> it's so good yeah it's, enjoyable. it's really fun mm -hmm. it's so much fun well, what about watching stuff? So when your fingers need a break from mashing <laughs> buttons to catch Pokemon, what sorts of things are you watching, Doug? Yeah, I think the only thing that's really new that I've been watching is, I guess, Celebrity... Well, there's a couple things. Oh, so yeah. the Celebrity Big Brother just started, mm -hmm. and it's a show that no one really knew was going to come back. There were two seasons, I think, maybe in 2000. 18 and 19 i think 2018 2019 had seasons and then they didn't renew it um but they technically never canceled it so everyone was like hmm. what's going on with this series because it was a lot of fun like on the first season ross matthews and omarosa and like all these big characters were kind of there and then the second season mm -hmm. had some really cool people as well like tamar braxton mm -hmm. and like tom green mm -hmm. um and and they, how random yeah, yeah and doing? they were really well received um but then they just never came back well it came back uh, what three years later or something um and it's just i don't know there's something about it that's actually I think more fun maybe than the regular game because the regular game's like 99 days long. Um, it's regular people and the casting tends to be very bad except for this past year. So hopefully future seasons will be good. Um, but celebrities like are used to being on camera and have a sense of like, how they're supposed to behave <laughs> so mm. like you're not like waiting to find out who the racist is which yeah. is like a very normal thing on big brother you know? oh. um so it's just like more lighthearted and fun and silly plus there's like this added weird but fun element of like oh i'm just like watching like lolo jones and ross matthews and the pageant queen that steve harvey 
slighted on stage oh, like yeah. have a conversation in the backyard oh. with omarosa like it's just such a bizarre <laughs> mixture um and it's fascinating so that's what i've been watching it's it's okay so far but it is you know it's fascinating for all the same reasons so like chris kirkpatrick from in sync is there <laughs> Uh, which is oh, hilarious. Uh, Shayna, I, I never know how to say her last name. Mokler, Sh- Travis Barker's oh, ex-wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a reality TV show together, so she's in there. Oh, yeah. Todrick Hall and Carson Kressley are both in there. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating mix of folks. It's so, And it, it's a fast-paced game. Because they're celebrities, they only play for like three weeks. They can't keep them in there for three months. So mm-hmm. everything goes by very quickly. It's like a far less of a of a commitment. So that's I guess that's, that's like cool. the only sort of new thing, aside from all the Drag Race that's constantly happening. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. There really is so much. Yeah. Drag Race UK versus the world just started. So that's the new, the new hotness in Drag Race right now. Yeah. And if anybody wants to catch up on drag race through reading about it uh, <laughs> yeah doug has been doing some cool writing yes i have been writing reviews of both drag race season 14 the u.s series and drag race uk versus the world um, and you can find those on efncool.com yeah it's good stuff uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't thank watched the shows plug. yet, but I've yeah, I've read your articles. So Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The test is if 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 uh if you feel like you can follow along without having watched. Yeah, I feel like I've got a good idea of the what's beats, happening. The important yeah. Beats. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what about you, uh Vicky? Are you watching anything? I am watching and I have to pull it up to get the whole name. I'm gonna butcher it first because I think it's hilarious. Oh, is it the Yep, Kristen Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the the woman Go ahead. across the street oh, from the, the girl in the window. <laughs> I keep seeing this name on Twitter, and Me I'm like, too. what? What the hell? Are they trying to keep people from tweeting about it because it's all the characters in the tweet? <laughs> so that's that's actually a good point. Um, I just keep calling it "woman in the window" for short. Mm-hmm. But it's do either of you like know what it's supposed to be? Based on the title, it feels like a spoof yeah. of the like murder books yep. that mm-hmm. have been coming out, like the woman in the train yep. window yep. type of thing yep. and i think like a little bit of gone girl to like all of this and i mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed those books um they were like they're thrillers and they kept me like on mm-hmm. the edge of my seat but it's funny to hear them spoofed and i love kristen bell and i started watching this and like three or four episodes in they are like 20-ish minutes um oh nice yeah and i reading online somebody said it's like a cross between a scary movie style that's what it sounds like it's like just the title alone sounds like scary movie epic movie like those types of things yeah it's it's really dry like it's really got a dry (laughs) sense of humor and like no jokes are made there's like very little Hmm. where it's like i'm gonna make this joke and then pause and we're acting serious so i know like there's no no one's gonna laugh but like there's none of that in my experience so it's like weird because it's like almost do you find it funny i haven't laughed out loud do you find hmm. that it's supposed to be funny i think it is supposed to be a little funny i mean it's it's hmm. definitely a, a parody there are things that are like serious and i'm like i think this <laughs> is a serious thing like i'm a little worried about you know this character like this is weird um yeah so it's it's interesting. It's not what I expected. It's not laugh out loud. I like dry sense of humor in general, so like, I'm cool with it. But I think it's hitting differently than, I don't know, people are portraying it. Sounds British. Yeah. Yeah. Dry, supposed to be funny, but serious and concerning. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because like some of the things that they try and like parody and like no i don't think that's a, a joke like i think that's yeah. a, a real thing to? yeah and it's not like offensive mm-hmm. or bad it's just like i i see you're trying to make this like hyperbolic but like this thing is not a hyperbolic thing like i think this is mm. you know a real oh there's nowhere to happens. go with the hyperbole yeah yeah so it's just like, <laughs> okay so it's interesting i'm i will watch the rest of it but it's just different i don't know huh. yeah there's lots of wine in it <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I mean, that is like on track with all of the murder shows that I watch. (laughs) Oh, also, I will say I did watch the last two episodes of Grey's Anatomy that I didn't know existed. (laughs) 
<laughs> so somewhere uh, so along the way in uh, probably December, because I think it was the Christmas episode, I missed two episodes. Um, so I had no idea that some important things happened <laughs> that did. So caught up. Yeah, super quick. I think this was an off the pod conversation mm-hmm. and spoiler alert for Grey's Anatomy. Um, we were just talking about it. And uh, if folks have listened to multiple episodes of this and the topic of sex has ever come up, you'll know that Vicky does not, that's not the first instinct of Vicky to talk about. And so when we were talking about what happened at the end, uh, Vicky was like, oh, well, she did the thing with the guy. And so Doug and I are thinking like, what the fuck does she mean? Did the thing with the guy. <laughs> Cause it wasn't just did the thing with the guy. It was like, did the thing. And my brain was like, Oh, she's talking about sex. And then she was like, with the heart transplant guy I was like, Oh no, j- oh, never mind. She's talking about like a dramatic moment. No. Like it was like a big thing. And the, but then no, she did the thing with the transplant guy. Yeah, and that was yeah. and then my mind went to research because it's Vicky, and research is a major part of this like season. Yeah, no, that was literally the last uh, episode I watched. Was like that was the whole big thing, and I thought that's just how this the half season ended. So wow, who knew yeah, there was more happened after yeah, that? Yeah, more substantial so that story. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Why you brought that yep, up? Yep, just to clear my name. So. Gosh. Uh, Katie, what have you been watching? Uh, So I've been uh, in a bit of a dry spell for like finding new shows. I've been keeping up with uh, the ones like I am regularly watching. Uh, So Abbott Elementary Mm -hmm. has been, I've been sticking with it. And Supermarket Sweep uh, is a show (laughs) that I've continued to watch. Um, It's been like months since you brought that up. Is it it like constantly on? It was it was on hiatus for a while, but it came oh, back okay. uh, for another season uh, within the past uh, couple months, and so my partner and I have been watching that. It it goes on like live TV on Sundays, and then goes on to Hulu Mondays. Uh, so we have our supermarket sweep that there wasn't one the week we're recording this. Hmm. Uh, so hopefully it comes back because it's fun and silly, and we love Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give uh, the girl in the window across the street from the woman, yeah, or whatever, looking a shot. longingly. Yeah, I would like if you did. Yeah. so I could have some perspective yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, because Grace doesn't come back. I think Grace comes back in late February, so yeah. that'll be something I'll get back into. But I don't know. I'm looking. Hmm. Money heist. Watch money heist. Freaking oh, love yeah. it. I, That's, I should just go look at our old show notes and pick something. I burned through. <laughs> I think about all that all the time. Yeah. We all talk about such good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to say we have great taste, but oh, we have it good speaks taste. for itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the best taste when it comes to shows. <laughs> uh, all right. Then let's get into our book. Uh, so as mentioned at the top of the episode, we are talking about... Uh, Brown Girl in the Ring by Nalo Hopkinson, uh, which I am super excited to talk to you both about. So, Katie, I didn't realize until you shared that this was a 1998 book. Um, So what made you pick this one versus maybe something more recent by Nalo? Or how did you even hear about this author? Yeah, so uh, I was doing some research. So it's February and Black History Month, so I wanted uh-huh. to make sure we... I mean, we read Black authors outside of Black History yeah. Month, but I wanted to make sure we read one for Black History Month. So I was looking at lists of sci-fi authors and trying to find people who had books that sounded interesting who we hadn't read yet yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And so Nala Hopkinson was one of the authors, and then I was looking at some of her books, and... Uh, the cover for Brown Girl in the Ring is fucking amazing. <laughs> it looks like an old school sci-fi book. So I was actually surprised it was written as recently yeah. as 1998 because of just how it looks. Uh, and so based on, quite honestly, the cover, I was like, this is it. 
I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's <laughs> it's a badass cover. Uh, so that's how I chose it. Nice. I uh, <laughs> that is helpful because once again, you've chosen a book. You specifically, Katie, have chosen a book that made me go, "How in the yeah. world is this the book that they chose?" Yeah. Because like with, I think it was um, uh, Blackwater Sister. I think was when I was oh, like, yeah. "You chose a book that's a little bit spooky, maybe." <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then this one is a, like, yeah. if this were a movie. I feel like it would be it's a horror it's yeah. t- there's horror yes. there's here. like some really uh, sure. gory violence that happens in this book <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like not of the I think it's like not te- I wouldn't call it horror genre necessarily but like based on what the fact that this is about and I guess we're getting ahead of our, or I'm getting ahead of yeah. ourselves Spoilers. but like because this is about like uh Caribbean spiritualism like there some of the stuff they get into is like the darker side of spiritualism right and some of that shit is violent Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yeah i mean people get flayed yeah uh, which we can talk more about but before we get into there's a heads up if if this this (laughs) is stuff you don't want to hear about yeah i definitely skipped uh or yeah skimmed through reading some parts because i was like i don't know if i can handle this so Mm -hmm. no content uh is pretty violent in some parts but uh knowing that i am interested in hearing one sentence descriptions because i forgot to think of one this time (laughs) so did anybody else come prepared yeah i uh i would (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) um i would say this is a it's a it's a blend of near future sci-fi and uh caribbean spiritualism I I know that doesn't really get into the story, but I think it gets into a lot of the vibe. And I think a lot of this book is a vibe. Mm. (laughs) I said I did more of like a what the book is about kind of thingy. Uh, A young woman with mystical abilities is on a quest to end, end the evil reign and deal with difficult people, stupid people. Annoying people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People I did not like in this book. (laughs) Yeah. I would say uh, a dystopian future, a dystopian Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Where the people who are left in the city to fend for themselves react in a variety of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We could talk more about because what I'm thinking about throughout the book the two main women in the story have like a basically a healing space where folks come to get taken care of. Uh, But there's also a posse that is kind of causing a lot of violence. Uh, But then also, I mean, major spoilers. Yes, I guess we can spoil this early when um, mommy slash uh, Grosjean dies at the end. I was legitimately like tears were in my eyes when uh, Tijan was walking through the streets and people were just giving her gifts to like Mm. pay their respects and like make her feel loved and stuff. So like there was like beauty, but there was mostly a lot of beast Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. in this city. Mm. Yeah. I have a question for y'all. What did you all think about kind of the premise of how this all gets kicked off. So Premier Utley uh, needs a new heart, doesn't want the technology of a pig heart, wants a human heart, so that'll boost her campaign re-election. And so they go to this basically mob boss to try and find a human heart for it. How did y'all feel about the the kind of setup? Yeah, I I think, so I think one of the reasons I, I would say this book for me personally is more of a vibe uh is like the story wasn't something i i felt like i connected all that much with or found myself super invested in. and i think maybe part of it is because of the way it kicks off mm-hmm. which is this mm. this setup of you know in this sort of near future um there is um there are basically like pig farms that serve the purpose of providing hearts for humans because pigs and humans if you didn't know have very similar hearts um and Premier Utley's whole thing is that they want to have a human heart. And so they build this sort of campaign around the idea that like, we should actually use human hearts to heal other humans. And I, th- there was something so strange about that. 
and when all is said and done, like, I'm not really sure. I, I don't think we should like steal people's hearts to, to save other people. But I also don't know that I'm super comfortable with the idea of like a pig farm. Yeah. <laughs> that exists for the sole purpose of, of heart transplant. So like, I don't know. I know it's difficult too, because transplant, like tr the conversation around transplants in general is, is tough because I don't know that there's ever enough it sounds terrible to say it this way, but I don't know if there's ever enough supply to meet demand when it comes to right. to transplants. And I know that's really painful, but I don't know. There was something weird from the, from the jump that made me sort of like off with, with some of the, the setup for this. So then like the whole time I was like, this is all like in service of this really bizarre dynamic between like the pig farms and like human transplants. And everybody thinks that like human transplants are like bad. <laughs> it's like, this is so strange. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I think, yes, but I also think, like, it's more about, like, class and race than the juxtaposition of pig heart and human transplant heart. Because at, at the end, they're like, we should just go back to how it was where people yeah. who, you know, are no longer alive can donate their organs. And that can be great because we're not going to force people and people aren't going to willingly sign up to die uh, to give their organs away. So I thought like the premise was just to like show how different the way people who were treated in the city, which the rich people fled the city. And from what I was reading, also mostly white people fled mm -hmm. the city. Mm. And then the people who were left in the city were poor and majority uh, like black and brown uh, people, right? So I thought this, the setup was a way to talk about who's, who's worthy, who's valuable, who's dispensable type of thing. I mean, it, there, yeah. there, there are different ways to do it, but this was definitely a dystopian way. <laughs> yeah, no, to totally. And I think, I think I, the stuff I like about the book are the themes um, which involve like classism, especially in a dystopian context and, mm -hmm. and how that affects everybody and whatnot. But there were so many times where I just wanted to be like, just let this person die. Like, I know, I know that they, there's like gangs involved essentially. <laughs> right. But I just, there's, yeah. there's such, there's, there's just like, uh, just let, yeah, like, totally. just let this Premier person die. Like, let, yeah. Just live your lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's how you stick it to them. I mean, I know it's not right. There's more complicated <laughs> stuff going on, but I guess I just say all of that because like the way, cause you're asking about how it kicked off and, and it, yeah. it kicked off in such a strange way for me where I was like, yeah. that's what we're, that's what we're about right now. Like it goes, mm -hmm. yeah. it goes in way different places. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, <laughs> it just was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> stick a pig heart in this person and let's go. <laughs> well, and even for me, like kind of jumping to the end a little bit when uh, Premier Utley like was rejecting mommy's heart or Grojohn's, it was weird because like I was like, well, I want you to reject it because I don't want you to live, but at the same time, I don't want that heart to go to waste. So mm -hmm. I, I don't Ooh. know. I don't know. I have a question about that moment. Mm -hmm. I read that as Grosjean kind of taken over a little bit yes. of Utley. <laughs> did you all read that that way too? I did. And only because, uh, kind of another jump around to the end, um, her mommy's second husband, Dalston, was it? Mm -hmm. Dalston mm -hmm. spirit was released from the calabash duppy bowl and went into the baby and baby was like still baby but had the spirit so i mm. was thinking like this is utley but mm. utley plus mommy mm -hmm. so yes that's how i read it i love that this is the second book you've chosen katie that has to do with channeling spirits yeah, um, i know i don't know maybe i'm maybe some, uh -oh. something is trying to get me Ooh, that jab -jab. to think about something yeah. i don't know but, but but to actually answer your question i i did i did read it that way and i really liked that mm -hmm. I, I, this book has so much to do with channeling spirits and this this um this spiritual ability that seems to be familial which isn't uncommon i don't think when it comes to like stories about channeling but like mm -hmm. it, it it's so pervasive throughout everything so that i feel i feel like there was something really satisfying about the heart being sort of this like continuation of her life and yeah. that channeling aspect where she was sort mm -hmm. of it was almost like a reverse channeling in a way like yeah uh, mm. or, or maybe not reverse but like it carried that through, right? Like she typically is channeling other other spirits, but in this case, like I guess her spirit, in a sense, was channeling 
Utley and saying, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But ultimately, I did like it and I did read it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting because I forget where or why. Oh, I think I went to some organization who does a lot of like trying to get people to sign up to be organ donors. Um, they were, you know, talking about the myths around organ donation and they're people some people do believe that when you like take an mm -hmm. organ from somebody else you take part of them and they become part of you so like one of the things they were it was uh, at an lgbtq plus center so one of the things they were saying is that like some people won't don't want like organ donations from queer folks oh, because they think that they'll be then queer afterwards, um, which is like obviously a myth and very dumb. But I'd rather if, die. Yeah, right. I'm an I'm an organ donor. If my organs are good, whenever I die, uh, hope whoever t gets my stuff is ready for some queerness. Uh, hope you're ready fun. to have some feelings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> play some video games together. Uh, but I thought that was interesting because. Uh, I don't know. I before I had heard that, I never even thought about that as being a thing. And then to have it come up in a book, you know, a short while kind of after that mm. was uh, was interesting. That's weird timing. Yeah. yeah. And there are like uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess this is is as sort of inexplicable as anything else. And, and there's plenty to sort of that I'm sure, you know, you can be skeptical about. But there are so many stories of people who end up with organ transplants who have like sort of strange stories about mm -hmm. like changes in taste or interest or mm. stuff or like there's just so many weird stories like that where it's like yeah i don't know like maybe there is some sort of weird hardwired something to it i don't know yeah yeah i don't know or spiritual thing yeah. based on this book mm -hmm. yeah totally mm -hmm. yeah this one was definitely for the better because uh prior premiere at least sucked and yeah. now she sucks a little less yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yep since we're diving right into stuff how'd y'all feel about tony oh my god i was like <laughs> over tony every single time he popped up i was Ugh. so annoyed with with the character i was so annoyed that she like went back to him right away and that she was very committed to helping him get out of the city and then he blew mm -hmm. it and then continues to blow it the whole way through mm -hmm. and then oh yeah, I'll, I'll stop and let somebody else talk, but I was... No, no, no. I, I say keep going. Yeah, I was very <laughs> yeah, frustrated. Really quick, though. Well, for folks who haven't read it, Tony is uh, Tijon, who is the main character's ex. They have a baby yeah. together, and for most of the novel, Tony has no idea that it's his baby, because... Mm -hmm. Tijon knows he's trash and doesn't want to tell him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Vicky, continue. Yeah, and he's, like, doing drugs and stuff and was a healer, worked as, like, a nurse at the hospital, which is, you know, a really important role, but then, like, got fired for doing buff, which is the drug of choice in this book. Slashing buff. Yeah, slashing. <laughs> yeah, um, literally slashing. Yeah, and he... Gosh, I, I was shocked. I shouldn't have been. But when he showed back up at that door oh. and then killed mommy, like, mm -hmm. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you wanted a life? Like, you know you have a baby with Tijan? Like, you, you wanted to be with her and you're going to just like, oh, my life's more important. I'm going to, I don't have a choice. I have to kill you. Kill your oh, grandma. I, Will you oh. still be with me now? And what if I show up to her funeral? Yep. Her 99 or 99 ceremony. Mm -hmm. Yep. How about that? Yeah. The audacity. <laughs> I was. Anytime he popped up, I was not happy. Uh, I like, so I, I appreciated the person who brought, I forget her name, the person who brought Tony mm. to the service. Jenny. And was like, yeah. Um, who was like, hey, Tijan. I don't even know if it was Jenny who said this, but like, Tony watched somebody get flayed alive, basically, and then threatened that that would happen to him. So he was just trying to survive. So, like, I get the context, but it was also really satisfying when he, to uh, Tijan, was like, you're stronger than I am. Like, you were up against the same stuff, and you did it, and I didn't. And I love that she was like, I didn't feel anything towards him. Maybe one day I'll forgive him, but uh, I don't care about him anymore. I, I did like, love yeah, that I moment. I did, too. 
don't care good. about them. Yeah. Good. I liked that. Yeah, I um character wise in general, like I hated Tony. I the the character <laughs> I was so and I was especially bummed that he ends up killing Grosjean because Grosjean is like the uh, one character in this book mm-hmm. that I really I, I felt for a lot of characters and I, I felt like I understood a number of the characters but Grosjean's really the only character in the book that I was like I really like this character you know yeah, like yeah. I'm never frustrated by this character I agree so many of these characters are so frustrating on purpose right mm-hmm. yeah. um but but Grosjean was like the one that I was just like all right I'm I'm standing Grosjean anything they do is great <laughs> right and I I but uh, and then like halfway through or something she ends up murdered i was like well what do what do i have now yeah. if not grosjean yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what do i have yeah. <laughs> so annoyed with tony i was like uh. but i also get it right like you were like you're pointing out the moment where somebody points out that he is being coerced like he's not just doing this because yeah. he wants to but that's what's so tough with so many of these characters that are like stuck in the system that like you're frustrated mm. with them but then you're also like I, but i get why you're doing what the things you're right. doing you have. yeah right. right and maybe maybe some of that maybe this is problematic but maybe the fact that grosjean is one of the few characters that seems to like fly in the face of the system is why i mm. liked her so much mm. and i'm like holding against other people that they had a hard time flying in the face of the system because it's a hard thing to do yeah. um but i don't know that's that's just the journey i was on reading the book <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting because now i'm thinking about that i mean tijan eventually flies in totally. the face of the system mm-hmm. totally but grosjean did that kind of from the beginning because okay i mean i guess i don't have to say spoiler alert anymore <laughs> because we've said it about a thousand times but the leader of the posse rudy Later on in the book, you find out was frickin' Grosjean's husband, aka Tijan's uh, grandfather. So it's like a family fucking affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Grosjean and Rudy, the leader, were together, had had a little baby, uh, and then their baby had a baby. And that's how they all are there. And everybody's uh, connected in this. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. a very Skywalker affair. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Grosjean leaves Rudy because he's an asshole and abuses her. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not taking that anymore. Goodbye. And so this is already after there's they don't go into details, but there's riots that destroy the city and cause the rich and mostly white people to leave. Did I read that right? Yeah, that's the impression I got. They went to the suburbs. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was white flight, like to the max. Yeah, and so they're together after it, and Grosjean leaves, and then sets up her own kind of community and bartering system, and takes care of community. Community takes care of her, and so she's like creating a a space, a haven amongst all this chaos that. Rudy is like promoting and causing. And so she really did buck against the system. Now that you said that, it makes me even more sad mm-hmm. that she died. Yeah. I, I, and was murdered. I do think it's one of those things that like you as as a writer, you end up in a tough situation when you have a character like Grosjean. I, I don't think this means it's necessary, but I think it's a challenge. You have a character like Grosjean who from the jump has all the right instincts all the time. And, yeah. and, and that can be really hard for a story, right? Like, because then you have a character who always knows what everyone should be doing. Granted, you can just have everybody be dummies and not listen to her, which happens sometimes in this book. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, it happened with her daughter, with uh, yeah. Mijan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think in this case, it it a lot of a lot is like moved forward by by the fact that that Tony ends up being coerced into killing Grosjean. That I, I definitely understand why it happened, but uh, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and infuriating. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Did you all see any of the connections? Like the oh, the other infuriating thing before we get to connections, <laughs> but this is a connection. So before Grosjean gets murdered, who fucking shows up at her door but her long-lost daughter who yeah. ended up getting her spirit separated from her body. Uh, so her like spirit is the tool that Rudy uses to flay people alive and kill people. 
and her body is a person uh, named Betty who's on the street that uh, interacts with Tijon earlier in the book and like, you know, kind of pay no mind type of thing. Uh, shows up at the door and Grosjean is like, oh my gosh, my daughter's home. Mm-hmm. Murdered uh, instantly, like pretty quickly after that. So that was even more mad because there was like a chance for a happy reunion and for these these women mm-hmm. to like kill Rudy yeah. <laughs> and like live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. To add even more to how much of a tragedy that death was. Uh, but back to the connections. Uh, did you all see any, because they were all kind of revealed kind of aha type things. Did you all see any of that coming? No, I didn't see any of it. I don't, because I, Crazy Betty, I remember when Tijon encountered her in the street, I like had a same reaction like, oh, yes, you know, protect your baby, like get away from her, you know, do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Did not see that coming. And then Rudy also did not see that coming. And, you know, it was kind of a twist because he's secretly 72, but looks and is presented oh, as yeah. a younger character. Um, but I had no suspicions that that was her grandfather or a relation at all. Yeah. I didn't necessarily see things coming, but once one of them happened, I mm. it, I was less surprised by other things that were happening, right? Cuz like I, it everybody really is like family basically in this in this book. <laughs> yeah. Um and I think that Betty is sort of like a Chekhov's Betty a little bit where it's like the, I was kind of wondering Oh, like, like a Chekhov's why, gun? Is that right. that thing? Yeah, okay. where like if, if you put a gun on stage, it has to be used at some point <gasps> oh, in the play, right? okay. And so there was, a, there was something in my head that was sort of like, okay, well, I need to take note of Betty because they're making kind of a big deal of her, <laughs> yeah. right? And then like we don't see her for a hot second. And I didn't really forget about her. So like why was that a thing, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't necessarily see that that's what it would be. Um, but I do think... I do think there was a lot of like, and also your family. <laughs> I was like, okay, who else? Come on out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a really, I mean, family is so important to the this story in this book. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense, but I didn't see it coming. I almost wish maybe there were some breadcrumbs for some, some of them or maybe one of them or something mm-hmm. um, that maybe led you or, or, you had like the flashback, you know, like, I don't think there was anything with Betty and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's anything in the interaction with Betty aside from maybe the fact that she wanted to interact with baby that like yeah. you could sort of think back to and be like, Oh my God, that's why Betty was doing the thing she was doing. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, That might've been it. Cause I think when you find out like what happened to Betty, mm-hmm. uh, like Betty was pissed at her mom, like daughters and mothers often, sometimes get into you know fights and stuff so betty is like i'm gonna go live with dad well that was a (laughs) tough decision to make (laughs) because dad separated your soul from your body Uh and uh will uh keep you as his tool um which is not great for uh you know a father-daughter relationship and i feel like they revealed that when Betty showed up at the door or like shortly after. So it was like a pretty, they revealed it kind of all at once. Like it wasn't like, Oh, the daughter, did you know Rudy's your grandfather? And he did something to his daughter. And then like later, you know, you piece together that it's Betty. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it happened like pretty quickly. All right. was revealed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I mean, Either way, like it would have been cool if it was like uh, stretched out a little more, but it also was like, <gasps> yeah, it's <laughs> a good way to put it. That's one of the things that's interesting about this book, right? There were time, there were sometimes when I was reading this book that I was like, oh man, I wish this book were longer because there's certain things I think that could have really like benefited from being stretched out a little bit. I think that's one of them, right? Like you you could sort of lead into some of those revelations, Mm -hmm. but then there were other times where I was like, I feel like we could get through this a little bit quicker. Um, And so I had this weird sort of relationship where I was like, I don't know if I want this book to be longer or if it's like the exact perfect size or whatnot. Um, I think it just depended on like which part I was vibing with at at what point Yeah, that, that stuff, some of the revelation stuff. I'm like, Oh, I wish you had really like, I wish you had really drawn some of this out. (laughs) Yeah. 
but the gasping after you know one after the other was certainly like it, it, it packs a punch for sure yeah mm-hmm. um i personally thinking about like longer or shorter of what what we might have wanted more of i would have liked more of the street children um i oh yeah <laughs> i, liked them. I, I lied when i said grosjean was the only one because yeah. i like those kids i know jose <laughs> and uh oh i think two is one and mm. i like good job remembering their I, names I, I can't remember the main one's name um but i remember jose because i liked it wasn't like josie um but I, I liked their relationship to each other and how they just cared for each other. And I thought it was so funny when they came to Grosjean for help and they're like, remember the rules, no stealing. And then the thing that like was in somebody's pocket was this giant ass kitchen knife. Like, oh my God, like, of course. So I liked Not the even rag one rag. thing? Yeah. yeah. Not even this one giant thing. So i liked them i like that they popped back up i thought they were clever yeah they like were legitimately clever Mm -hmm. because they set up i don't know visuals and audio to confuse and scare uh rudy and his cronies um from killing off tijan and tony Mm -hmm. when they're kind of right in the crosshairs they are another group that was kind of bucking in the face of yeah. the system and kind of creating their own little community. I think so, too. They were cool. They were cool. I was sad that the one um, was was killed. Oh. And I did like yeah. um, at the end when Tijan calls the spirits that Emily, one who was a victim of Rudy's violence, came back and said, like, tell them I'm okay or, like, just tell them that I said hello or whatever it was. I thought that yeah. was a nice you know, bookend moment for the street children. Yeah. So I liked them a lot. Yeah. Ru- oh, Rudy sucks so much. Yeah. Dude. He killed so many people and he preyed on the most vulnerable. So like he killed a bunch of kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which killing yeah. anyone sucks, but <laughs> yeah. Like when she, Come when on. she realized like, yeah, it's, it's, Oh God. It's, it's like hard to even talk about. Like he, he's just so scummy. Like, yeah. And just the things that the, like, the book does a good job of really, really driving home how terrible he is, right? Like, mm-hmm. you mentioned the flaying earlier and, like, the way he coerces people through violence and the, the people he preys on. Like, he's just, it's just, he's so awful. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. so awful. Ugh. Yeah. I skimmed because yeah. it was gross, but I was also, like, a little okay with it. When all the, like, spirits of the people... So, first, I was like, ooh, Calabash, Duppy, Mijan, go fuck Rudy up. Mm -hmm. And then when she, like, peaced, I was like, well, that's weird, because I really (laughs) thought there was going to be a reckoning. And then I just had to wait, like, a couple sentences, because here come the spirits of all the people that he's killed... To come literally tear him apart to the point where there were like tiny pieces of him around the CN Tower, whatever that is. I'm guessing it's a Canadian monument in Toronto that I know nothing about. I think it's like a space needle. Oh, I think is the impression I got. That makes sense. Okay. I kept picturing it as like CNN, the CNN building. (laughs) Me too. It's like the big news center. I know it's not. That can't be right. Not the Cartoon Network Tower. Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) I like, okay, Space Needle. That's a better visual. Yeah, it's a big Space Needle. Okay. Because it kept talking about like it was the center pole and it connected, it grounded. Yep, yep, yep. That makes more sense. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that that all the like i love that basically the fact that he murdered so many people is what ends up i mean it's it's i guess it's the it's the method through which he is torn apart right it's not necessarily that like they just of their own accord came to like come and get him with no nothing else happening right right? but i love that it was the method Mm. um and i love the fact that freaking tijan it's like all right well i'll just have i'll just channel a bunch of spirits like i'll just have all yeah why not and i love the moment where somebody's like so it's really cool that you did that but like maybe don't ever do that again because you'll probably lose yourself entirely (laughs) (laughs) so good (laughs) i loved it i also liked um tijan's relationship with her godparent um but like yeah. like Mara, jab jab wasn't it prince of the cemetery too 
I think mm-hmm. I was creeped out at the beginning, but I kind of yeah. liked. It seemed that they were a little quirky. Yeah, and I liked that they were a goofy guy. Yeah, like a little. Bit. It wasn't creepy. It was just like funny. Uh, so I liked yeah. their relationship as as they developed, and he, he was like looking out for her. I feel like it definitely was written that way, where in the beginning you're supposed to be a little scared because Tijon is also scared mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as you go throughout the book and you have more interactions and you learn more about uh, Lagbara, uh, by the end, you're like, All right, you're, you're like kind of cool. Because I think Lagbara is the person who says, that was great, yeah. but like, don't do that again. Okay, I'm looking out for you <laughs> as your papa. All right. <laughs> yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Well, are there other things that uh, you all want to talk through about this book or you want to mention? Hmm. Oh, I just thought of something. I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised that uh, Mijan ended up surviving because I thought she was dead. Oh, yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was glad for that, but I also expected her to be like dead dead. I would have. Yeah. I think I would have preferred if Grosjean came back, but, you know, whatever. Literally everyone could have died, and if Grosjean came back, I would have been happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. I just really like her. Yeah. No. <laughs> Any other things? I really like that this meshed like a weird dystopia that doesn't feel far, very far-fetched mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. Caribbean spirituality, right? Like, it's not... Like, I know this frequently ends up on sci-fi lists, I think, but it really is a... a, a pretty solid balance or almost even more so i i I hate to call it fantasy but like it it does deal a lot more with like caribbean magic and spiritualism i think than it does focus on the dystopia they live in but the the dystopia is the full like setting and like catalyst for the things that are happening and i think that's really cool like i think for me that's what i love most about the book was like just getting that relationship um and that's often where i was like man i would love more of this because i would love Mm. i would love to know like more about just how people react to what grosjean does you know and Mm. and and how that's viewed and and how that fits into this bigger sort of donut hole setting that they're in and 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 whatnot so I, I just really liked that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, we didn't even talk about how the duppy calabash creepiness. We don't need to, because that, that I did not. Anytime the duppy, they talked about a duppy or the duppy appeared or they talked about the duppy bowl, I was creeped out. But yeah, <laughs> that was too, a lot for me. Yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely not the right way to do magic. <laughs> uh, made very clear in the book. Yeah. Do not do. Yeah. This is bad. There's a clear Stay distinction away. between like what good, quote, good magic and bad magic is. And I, I like that, that that is something that is mm-hmm. sort of discussed or, or they don't have like a full discussion on it. But it's like something that it's a clear line, right? Like, yeah, there are things that are, are OK to do because they help people. I, you know what it was? It was um, there, th- somebody said, you know, Grosjean serves the spirits and Rudy mm. uh, wants them ah. to serve him. And I think mm. that that distinction really made it clear, like mm-hmm. whether you were doing good with magic or doing bad with magic. And I thought that was a really good way of of explaining it because a lot of what they're doing probably looks similar to people even though one is very horrifying like i'm certain there are people who don't like what grosjean does right they even they even allude to it right yeah tony tony thinks it's all and she has to constantly correct even tijan to say like this is not that stop calling it that right Mm -hmm. um and uh and so i like that that is eventually laid out so clearly Mm -hmm. yeah well i know it was my pick but uh, I'm still giving it a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably a little cooler on it just cause like the story wasn't as much, uh, something I vibed with, but I really, I'm going to read more of her stuff because I like, mm. I like what she's exploring. You know what I mean? And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential for her to become, uh, like a favorite author type author, you know? Yeah. She's got that lifetime achievement award yeah yeah i mean this this i I realized when i was looking at some of the other titles of her books i'd heard of some of the other titles of her books without knowing necessarily who she was so i'm i'm really excited to read more of what she's done even if this wasn't necessarily like you know one that i got right i think it challenged me probably Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would say I did like it overall. It definitely had parts I didn't like. And it was a little, even for me, it was a little gory at times. <laughs> you can say more than a yeah, little. Yeah, it was pretty gory. And, and I'm over here, like, fascinated by that stuff. I tried not to say it too I much, know. but, like, all that, like, dark magic stuff, I was no. like, ooh, tell me more. No. I, I think... I, so I, I skimmed those things, which is fine. I'm learning that it's okay. And I have not done that since we <laughs> read, what was it? America is not the heart. Um, and those sex scenes. Oh, with yeah. oh. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I so, was like, what was gory in that I, book? No, I had a similar. Graphic in a different yeah, way. Similar, uh-huh. but opposite. Yeah reaction um to those things so i thumbs up but some things were too much for me but it's graphic (laughs) when we got to certain things i really was like is katie gonna even finish their own pick i was waiting i was waiting for the text that was like hey uh let's not read this if you didn't start already (laughs) i was kind of wondering if it would come yeah i'm glad it didn't because i like how it all concluded and everything Mm -hmm. but <laughs> I was I was yeah. wondering if that text was coming too. <laughs> I started reading it just a couple days ago so that it was fresh in my mind ah. so it would have been too late to uh pick a different book. Oh jeez. <laughs> That's funny. But I'm I'm glad uh that I did that and that we we stuck with it. Uh yeah. the only I did do that one time. I forget what book it was, but uh it wasn't because it was too graphic it was just because the writing was bad so (laughs) so we probably wouldn't call it out anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) well thanks everyone for listening if you read along with us feel free to reach out and share any thoughts or feedback that you have to us via novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or through our twitter at novelgamingpod we're always happy to share on the pod what you share with us So if you're feeling up to it, you can rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you happen to listen to this podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Bye! Bye!